Welcome to The Big Picture. My name is Brett Craig. If, if you like the show, by the way, The Big Picture, I would love it if you would like the, the uh, post here and subscribe to my YouTube channel. I also would love it if you subscribe to my Substack channel. Uh, but really, the, the show lives on YouTube, and so it would really mean a lot to me if you subscribed or liked it. Uh, so I'd appreciate that if you took the time to do that. Um, so the show, the big show is still coming. I keep saying that, but it's stuck in post right now. It's just taking longer than I thought, but we're going to get it done. But in the meantime, I, I want to keep talking to you guys about issues I see in the media and give you a point of view on them. And I don't know if you saw or heard uh, about this thing this last weekend called the National Day of Hate. It happened over the weekend. <clears throat> Apparently, it was supposed to be on Saturday. I saw it trending on Twitter. Uh, and the moment I saw it trending on Twitter, I just thought to myself, what, what the heck is the National Day of Hate? Like, the National Day of Hate, is that like a thing? Is that like a, like a real thing? Um, and I saw the media running with it. I saw the ADL, uh, Anti-Defamation League, running with it. Uh, even the FBI seemed to warn about it. There's this thing called the National Day of Hate. And it just immediately my kind of spidey sense tingled, like, a bit. It just seems so absurd. Like, what are we supposed to believe? That people went down to Kroger and Publix and they got their hate bird, their turkey, their turkey of hate, and they sat down and they put up their hate tree in their living room and then someone stood up and did a hate blessing over the hate bird um, they spoke to their, they beseeched and uh, asked their hateful God to bless their hateful turkey and, um, and give them more hate this National Hate Day, National Day of Hate. Anyway, it just seems so goofy, the National Day of Hate. Like, so what, what, what was the National Day of Hate? And it got me curious as to like, why are we hearing this? And so I did some research on that and, and I wanted to share what I found out about the National Day of Hate. Uh, what it what it was based on, uh, and it won't surprise you that the whole thing is like, in my opinion, it was a massive fabrication. Uh, it was based on nothing, uh, and I want to talk about today, like why I think you're we're being sold things like the National Day of Hate all the time. Uh, and by the way, nothing happened on the National Day of Hate. You should know that Saturday, the National Day of Hate came and went, and nothing happened because it's a big scam. So I want to talk. A little bit today about why I believe things like the National Day of Hate are fabricated, uh, and and yet and and sort of yet again why I think you should have a a posture of skepticism when it comes to the media because all the media does today, all the establishment media does today is lie all the time. You're being gaslit all the time, and almost every major narrative of the last four to five years has been a lie. Um, the latest one now uh, that we can all apparently talk about as of like two days ago, I don't know if you saw this, was that the virus, COVID, probably came from a lab. Now, we were told for the longest time that that was crazy to think that it might have come from a lab. Of course, it came from a bat in a wet market, uh, and uh, you weren't allowed to say that. If you did say that, you might get deplatformed, uh, but now apparently you're allowed to say that. So the, the, my point is the media is always lying, and even though this whole lab leak was obviously a, a legitimate theory. Uh, apparently now you can talk about it, but you were told for the longest time you were crazy and a conspiracy theorist if you thought that. that so the media is always lying. Uh, and one of the big lies and one of the, the uber narratives that the media lies about and um, a good deal of our political system lies about is this idea that America is systemically racist and specifically America is a white supremacist nation. 
And we are getting this message uh, lately in stereo, right? It's like all we hear. Uh, let me give you a few examples. So the FBI, uh, Homeland Security, uh, says that white supremacy and white supremacists remain the deadliest U.S. terror threat right now. So of all the terror threats out there, the thing that is most dangerous right now is white supremacy. And the, the Homeland Security says that, okay. And then we, we are also being told something similar by diversity, equity, and inclusion departments inside of corporations. It's not quite that. It's not quite that um, white supremacists are t a terror threat. Uh, but it's this idea that white people are a huge problem. Um, not only are they overrepresented in society, uh, n never mind that they're still the majority of people in society. So overrepresentation, that's something we could talk about because if 50 to 60% of the country is white, then... It may feel like they're overrepresented. But anyway, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Uh, but DEI is making the argument that white people, essentially, in critical race theory, are oppressors. They're, 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 they're a class of oppressors in this country. They have privilege. They have rights that you don't have. Um, they, they, have they kind of have life on the easy street, and, and essentially they're oppressors. So we're, we're hearing this message in stereo. I think of the 1619 Project, which makes essentially the same argument. Uh, that was prominently featured in the New York Times a couple years ago uh, by Nicole Hannah-Jones that basically makes the argument that America was founded in racism, the entire revolution was fought to preserve racism, which is not true. Um, some founders wanted to preserve uh, slavery, sorry, not racism, uh, but it's not true that the revolution was fought primarily to preserve slavery. In, in some founders' minds it was, but in many founders' minds it was not. Um, but anyway, all of these arguments is that America is this white supremacist nation. It's systemically racist to the core. And we're hearing this in stereo. And we never really heard, if you think about this, many of these arguments, even uh, I would say a few years ago, not to this degree, right? I, I don't even remember when Barack Obama was president necessarily hearing this level of this white supremacy talk. It's like every day. It's like white supremacy, whiteness, white this, white that, white, white, white. And, and so I want to talk today about why I believe we're obsessed with this idea that America is a white supremacist country and why this lie is being pushed. And, and I will say up front, does this mean that America, that I don't believe America has any problems with racism? No, I think we do have problems with racism. Does this mean that there was never systemic racism in America? No, I don't believe that. Of course, there was systemic racism in America because we had slavery, because we had racial segregation until the 60s, because we had Jim Crow, redlining, uh, separate drinking fountains in the South. Uh, so systemic racism was a reality in America. We, we, we can't get around that. That said, we're not living in the 60s and we're not living in the 1860s. It is 2023. Uh, and just real quick, I just want to challenge this notion right up front of America is a white supremacist nation, this thing that we're being told all the time, that white supremacy is this terror threat, that it's just everywhere, and we need to be worried about, uh, you know, crazy white people, <laughs> and this country's full of crazy white supremacists. Just two quick, or three quick pushbacks on that idea. Uh, one, I would just say is it would be very, I think it's very odd that we elected the first black president, um, uh, Barack Obama, if this is a white supremacist country. And I think just a simple analogy would be akin to a Jewish person rising to prime minister in Germany during the Nazi reign. It, it just wouldn't happen, right? That's not going to happen. This is a white supremacist country. Uh, Barack Obama and Michelle Obama aren't as popular as they were. I'm not saying they were popular with everybody, but they were quite popular and quite loved and celebrated. 
um, and Barack Obama doesn't become president of a white supremacist country because if he did, then we have to say then that Barack Obama was sitting atop of a white supremacist country. So he was the lead leader of the white supremacist nation called America. That doesn't make any sense. Um, a second uh, pushback on this idea that America is a white supremacist country. If it is, why are so many people of color flooding into this country right now? We've had, I think, 5 million people come over the border roughly, I think, since uh, President Biden has uh, has become president. I think it's about 5 million. There's a lot, it's hard to estimate that, I think, but there's it's, it's a lot. No matter what we all agree, tons of people of color are coming into America. Are they coming into America to be oppressed by white people? Is that why they're coming here? Because they see this as a a white supremacist nation in which uh, white people will oppress them and that's why they're flooding in to be, be oppressed. No, um, they're, not, they're not doing that. They're not stupid. They're coming here for a better life and they don't look at this country as white supremacy as being this thing that is um, going to ruin their chance at a better life. I think one other point to, to make, just as a quick pushback against this idea that America is white supremacist, is there's nine people groups in this country um, that are all people of color that are all, have the highest median incomes in America. So and they're all uh, they're all um, Asian in uh, in origin. So in ethnic groups. So these are all these groups have the highest median incomes in America, higher than white people. So white people don't even start to like number ten or eleven on the list of highest median incomes by ethnic group. So if this is a white supremacist country, how do nine different people groups that are people of color become the highest median income? Again, this I'm just. Pointing out real quickly, this is a stupid idea that America is a white supremacist country. Yet, yet this <clears throat> idea, this narrative, this uber narrative, this is a white supremacist country. Um, we're just hearing it on blast constantly. And I want to make a case uh, that this isn't happening by accident, that it is, there's a reason you're hearing this all the time. And it connects to this idea of the National Day of Hate. And so it's not happening by accident. I don't believe it. I want to give you a theory on that. And I think it's all part of a narrative that I think is quite useful to elites in the left who would like to radically change the American system, right? Uh, so this is a talking point that you're hearing on blast because they want to change the American system. And so this National Day of Hate was just the latest example of it. Stoking the fires of racial resentment and casting America as the most irredeemably racist and horrible country imaginable, despite the pushbacks that I just gave you that would make one question whether that is true. So again, you're hearing this message of white supremacy everywhere you turn. And I would argue, and it might offend some of the people that are listening that are Democrats, but the Democratic Party has, has set that message to blast. It is their platform message. Uh, and, and here is the latest example, if you don't believe me. This was just earlier in the week. This is Joe Biden talking about lynchings in America as if this is a super common occurrence today in America and inferring that white people are really into lynching uh, and, and not just in the past, but today. So take a listen uh, to Joe Biden. This is just a few days ago. Lynch for simply being black, nothing more. With white crowds, white families <clears throat> gathered to celebrate the spectacle, taking pictures of the bodies and mailing them as postcards. Hard to believe, but that's what was done. And some people still want to do that. So Joe Biden there is talking uh, because he was launching a anti-lynching bill. So this is what he felt was really needed at this point in America was an anti-lynching bill uh, that the Biden administration had just passed. And, and of course, if you look at his comments, if you look at them 
to me, they seem designed to incense, to anger, to stir up racial wounds in this country, right? Not to heal them, not to say that we've made any progress, but that to give you the sense that lynching is just a thing that is happening everywhere and that like this is just typifies the country uh, and we all need to be super worried about uh, lynchings. Now, I, I did a little bit of work to understand that history as well. The, the last official lynching in America, this is, this is a fact, was in the South in 1981. Uh, and this is from what I could find. So it was 42 years ago was the last official lynching, meaning the scene that Biden described, right, which is a mob, a mob of white people uh, lynching a, a, a black person uh, and kind of what he described, right, uh, making a lot of fanfare around it and celebrating that disgusting idea of lynching and, and, and perpetrating a disgusting act like that. Um, now, I did find some people say that this is still something that's continuing in the South. But what I, what I discovered about that is a lot of times what has been called a lynching, a lot of times have been ruled by law enforcement as homicides. Uh, and so some people dispute that. Um, but the last official lynching, as described by Biden, what he's saying it looks like was 1981, and that is recognized as true. Um, so anyway... It's interesting, too, that Joe Biden says we really need to know history. That's why he's passing this anti-lynching bill, right? I'm going to connect this all to the National Day of Hate in a second. But he says it's really important that we know history. And I agree with Joe Biden, but let's take a listen to him. He said the reason he's passing this anti-lynching bill is that it's about really understanding and embracing history. So let's take a listen to that. So we can't just choose to learn what we want to know and what we shouldn't. We have to learn what we should know. We should know everything about our history. And that's the great nations do, great nations. And we're a great nation. And that's why history matters so much. Well, here's what's interesting about knowing history, right? To, to Biden's point, yes, let's know history. Uh, what's interesting is he never talks about this. <clears throat> of course, historically, the KKK is the militant branch of the Southern Democrats, the Southern Democrats, Democratic Party at the time, right? So when we think of the KKK, the party of the KKK is the Democratic Party. So if we want to talk about history, we need to talk about the fact that the Democratic Party is the historical party of slavery. It is the party of segregation. It is the party of redlining. It is the party of Jim Crow. It is the party of today, Planned Parenthood, which has killed 60 million babies in America, one-third of which are black, which means 20 million black babies have been killed by Planned Parenthood, which is totally supported by the Democratic Party. When we talk about history in the Democratic Party, yes, the Democratic Party is the party of the KKK. <laughs> yes, it is the historical party, party of lynch mobs. And that is not disputed, right? So when Joe Biden talks about how important it is really to know history, which is why he's passing this anti-lynching uh, bill, he says, uh, it is just interesting that, and I find it very rich and ironic that he doesn't mention that his party are the perpetrators of all these things historically. So it's just, it's just a little fact that he left out. But let's lay that aside because my point is really today, what I want to get to is, and I was just using the Joe Biden clip as proof of this, we're being told all the time that America is a white supremacist country and we're hearing it more than ever, than ever today. We're hearing that all the time. So I want to talk about why I believe we're getting this message in 7.1 Dolby from the established media and Democrat Party and why I think you should be skeptical. First, why do we keep hearing this message, right? Why are we hearing this all the time? Why did Joe Biden go out and do an anti-lynching bill and then talk about it 
like white people are just sitting around waiting for more lynchings and they get so excited about them. Um, why, why is this happening? And I would argue to you that this, this, isn't, this argument is being made to us or this narrative is being sold to us because the left in this country, uh, the estat which owns all the institutions at this point, whether it's the establishment media or corporate America, um, the left is ascendant. It wants to make sweeping changes to the American system. That's the key thing to understand. The reason you're hearing this is because the left would like to make sweeping, holistic, massive changes to the American system. So these charges are essentially of white supremacy, that America's white supremacy are in order to move us from an imperfect system, because it is an imperfect system of merit and ex excellence, the free market system of America, to one in which, a system in which we allocate resources via race and gender. Uh, and it'll all be done by an administrative class, an administrative state that decides who gets what. Uh, essentially, what the left is arguing for is what they always argue for, which is ultimately Marxism, communism, socialism. Uh, the, the, the state will allocate resources rather than a free market, market capitalist system. So, um, and this charge is specifically being, uh, or this change, I should say, not this charge, this charge is being made but this change, this sweeping system change that they want is actually being enacted right now. It's what we call diversity, equity, and inclusion. So via DEI policies, which are in every corporation at this point, every Fortune 100, 500 company, and now in uh, the federal government, because Biden just signed an executive order putting this uh, diversity, equity, inclusion into the federal government, the executive branch, I believe, um, we are instituting a system in which we are making it a policy. It's actually policy of the American government and corporate America to judge people by their race and gender. So we're promoting this idea, a system of promoting, firing, hiring, all based on people's external attributes, right? And that is, by the way, the definition of systemic racism. If we have a system in which you get a job based on your skin color or your gender, or you get held back on your skin color or gender, we are literally embracing systemic racism. And this is what I'm getting to about this argument about white supremacy, right? Um, and why you're being sold that America is a white supremacist racist nation all the time. To get you to agree to a racist, sexist system, which is what diversity, equity, inclusion is, you can't get around it, right? If you're telling me that I can't have a job because I have white skin and I'm male and I'm heteronormative, then that is by definition bias. That is by definition discrimination. Um, but this is where this argument of white supremacy comes from, to get you to agree to that, to get everybody to feel okay about that, that I'm going to actually look at a resume and go, is this guy white? Uh, is this a white woman? Is this a heteronormative woman, let's say? Uh, therefore, I'm not going to give them a job or therefore I'm not going to promote them. To get you to be okay with that, our, this argument of white supremacy as a pretextual argument uh, has to be made to you. You have to be convinced that America is a horribly, irredeemably racist country so that then you'll accept diversity, equity, and inclusion as a corrective, right? As a reparatory, corrective, compensatory uh, action that we need to take in, in America to make up for the fact that this is a very racist, white supremacist country. Not just in the past, by the way, but right now we're a white supremacist nation and this is why it's on blast. This is why you're told this all the time. Hence, Biden talking about lynchings in the most incendiary way possible. 
that he possibly can. So the argument is always and ever being made to you, whether your kids in school hearing critical race theory, uh, whether you're in your corporation hearing diversity, equity, and inclusion, uh, whether you're hearing it from our, the president of the United States, America is irredeemably racist and we need an entirely new system because it's white supremacist. Um, so hence, we need a new system. Uh, it, it, and this is just a little side note uh, on this. Um, the reason, by the way, that they make the argument that it's systemic racism, by the way, right? When, when I was a kid, I never heard the word systemic racism. But now that's all we hear. It's always in front of the word racism is because it, they're making the argument that the entire system from top to bottom is in the bones, in the marrow of the system, of the American system is racism. It's in the sinews. It's in the lift nodes of the, sim, uh, the system. And the only way to, to get rid of it would be a total trade out of the entire system. And that is what they're arguing for. That is what diversity, equity, inclusion is. So Biden has signed this executive order um, recently, if you didn't know, requiring federal agencies to establish an equity, uh, equity leadership teams and, and draft annual action plans to implement DEI programs and federal operations and employment, which means an entirely new bureaucratic administrative state is being installed right now into the federal government to allocate who gets jobs and who doesn't based on race and gender. And again, the pretext for that, the reason you should accept that is this is a white supremacist country. This is a racist, racist, systemically racist country. And so the only way to fix racism is a new system of racism that will correct for past racism. And that is why you're hearing this argument. And by the way, I've said this many times, this is actually illegal. So we have a, 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 the 1964 Civil Rights Act, which actually forbids hiring and firing and discriminating based on race or sex or gender. So, um, but for the moment it's going forward and it's being installed at, via executive order because that's how our presidents like to rule, whether it's Trump or Biden or Obama, all they do is do executive orders nowadays. They don't care what the American people think. You didn't vote on it. They didn't ask you if you want it. They're just installing this into the federal government and to corporate America as we speak via DEI. So again, but how do I get the American people who, you know, I think are, I think all people are somewhat fairness based, right? Like we, we, we want to believe that the things that we are participating in are, are fair, right? Um, not just America, but I think people in general. But how can we get the American people to go along with this? I have to get you the establishment media, the Democratic Party, in my opinion, who's pushing this stuff. The elites have to get you to believe that a new system based in racism and sexism is actually needed to correct for past racism and sexism in America. And to do that, I have to constantly, again, remind you that it's only right that we do this because white people are oppressors. That's diversity, equity, inclusion, critical race theory teaches that. And this is a white supremacist country that is into lynching people. That's what was done. And some people still want to do that. Right. Like, as Joe just said, a lot, there's, there's a fair portion of, of white Americans right now that still would love to lynch. They would love to take pictures and Instagram it. You're, you, you need to believe that, uh, that lots of people want to do this, according to our president. And we're constantly being told this, right, on either in, again, your diversity, equity, inclusion department at your corporation, CRT in schools to kids, uh, and even right up through the administration and our very uh, own president at the moment is pushing this idea. And so I want to connect all this now because you're like, Brett, I thought we were going to talk about National Day of Hate. So now we're going to talk about the National Day of Hate and how this connects to everything I'm saying about that. So um, 
like I said, uh, this supposedly was this very important national holiday, you know, and it's so we should expect things like this because this is a white supremacist nation. So the National Day of Hate trends on Twitter over the weekend. Everybody's talking about the establishment media pumps it. Uh, and I'll show you some articles here where they were pumping this National Day of Hate. We're all supposed to be really aware of it, that there's white supremacists gathering all over America because naturally America is a white supremacist nation. So of course this is happening. And now for the moment I saw this thing trending on Twitter, I just felt that it it felt fabricated to me. It felt like a psyop. It felt like a, a made-up thing. And it was trending on Twitter like it was a real thing. And it was even being taken as a real thing. So uh, I got curious and I looked it up. Uh, what is this National Day of Hate? Does it have a history? Who celebrates it? And it took two seconds of digging to discover that it's a bunch of baloney. Uh, yet that did not stop very smart people from taking the bait. And, and this is what drives me crazy. It's like, why don't people see that they're being manipulated and, 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 and that, that all this talk is designed to turn us against each other, to, uh, to, to stir up racial strife and resentment? And so the example I have here is Ben Shapiro, who I actually really respect and think is super smart, yet he bought into this. This is what he tweeted on, on uh, I think it was Friday. He says, in honor of tomorrow's white supremacist anti-Semitic National Day of Hate, I welcome all of you to join me in a national day of kiss my blank, you pathetic losers. Now, I think Ben obviously here is trying to be funny a little bit and just, but he's taking on a boogeyman, right? He's taking on a boogeyman and he's playing right in, in my opinion, right into what the establishment media is doing, which is hyping up a day of hate that doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. And so Ben, rather than say this is whole whole thing is stupid, the usual suspects are involved in it, like, yet Ben is leaning into this National Day of Hate like it's a thing, like it's a real thing. So apparently Ben Shapiro took the bait. I saw that other people took the bait and, and reacted to this day as if it was a thing, like it was real. Well, it turns out it wasn't a thing. I did the research. I wanted to understand it. And what, what all this fanfare about this National Day of Hate was based on, uh, and essentially it was rumors being passed around on Telegram. I looked it up in the Yahoo article about it. So what is this day? Does it have a history? No. Did it start three years ago? No. Uh, did it start five minutes ago? Yes. Actually, five minutes ago. What is it based on? Well, it's based on some Telegram rumors. Some white supremacist idiots on Telegram, on an app, are talking about how we should have a national day of hate, apparently. And the FBI apparently saw this. Somebody fed this to the media, and then it blows into this giant thing. These are a bunch of loser white supremacists that live with their mom and dad in their basement, and they're talking on Telegram about how they ought to get together and have a national day of hate, and apparently directed against Jewish people. And rather than the media being skeptical, rather than people being skeptical, even people like Ben Shapiro, who I respect, instead we lean into it like it's a real thing. But but look who's pushing the national day of hate. Just if this helps you a little bit... Uh, here is Adam Schiff. Of course, Adam Schiff is pushing the national JFK, and he so bravely is going to stand up against it. This is his tweet from Adam Schiff. The white nationalist, white nationalist. There it is again, right? The Homeland Security is telling us all the time this is the biggest terror threat. The white nationalist, patriot front, proud boys. White nationalists are everywhere, lynching white people that want to lynch her everywhere. The white nationalist day of hate, Adam Schiff says, and anti-Semitism must be met with vigilance and resistance. We will give no quarter to bigotry, says Adam Schiff. No sanctuary to hate. No tolerance for intolerance. Not now. Not 
ever, Adam Schiff. Now, this is the same Adam Schiff who peddled the Russian hoax about Donald Trump, which totally turned out to be a complete and total fabrication and lie and was based on oppo research. So this is who's peddling the National Day of Hate, Shifty Adam Schiff. And of course, like I said, the ADL was all over it too, telling everybody they should be on the lookout. I believe the FBI leaned into it and said, we all need to be on the lookout for these hate gatherings and they could be dangerous. And because people will criticize me for saying all this, for questioning this and saying what I'm saying, I I just want to state that I absolutely believe that anti-Semitism is a real problem. So I just want to be clear about that. Of course it is. But this was a ginned up mania that had nothing to it. Uh, And of course it was blamed, the whole National Day of Hate was blamed, that the National Day of Hate that never happened was blamed on far white, uh, far right white supremacy was to blame. Right, that's where this was coming from. But in reality, these were losers passing around a rumor on Telegram, according to even Yahoo News and the establishment media, though, despite the fact that it was just a bunch of rumors passing around on uh, Telegram by losers. Um, media went all in on it. The FBI warned everybody about it, and the ADL told everyone to be on guard, and it trended on Twitter over the weekend. And again, this is what I'm, what I'm trying to get to is, and why, why did this happen? Because it reinforced, right, the narrative that America is a racist, bigoted, white supremacist nation. And the media loves that narrative. And the Democrats love that narrative because it reinforces the need to replace the American system, right? If this is who we are, if we're a bunch of racist, lynch-mobbing white people, oppressors, which is what we're being told every day. That's what was done. And some people still want to do that. Uh, then we need to get rid of this American system. Uh, we need to get rid of this American constitutional system and, and swap it with a brand new system, uh, a, a, one that is a socialist-based administrative state which makes everything fair based on discrimination of race and gender and will then allocate right the resources of, of America based on race and gender and so that we have equitable representation. This is the goal of the Democratic Party, It's not like I'm making that up. Joe Biden just signed an executive order to do exactly that. But in order, again, to get you to go along with this plan to openly discriminate against people based on their skin color and gender, we need to convince you that this is a horrible white supremacist country. That's why the National Day of Hate gets treated like it's a real thing, because it fits a narrative and they are constantly selling this narrative and they need to sell this narrative in order to get you to buy into diversity equity and inclusion, uh, to put this administrative state bureaucracy into corporations, into the federal government, and install it basically in every institution in society, from the corporate world, like I said, to the federal government. And we've adopted this system in which the spoils of the country will be allocated based on race and gender. And again, you didn't vote for this, you didn't ask for this, but that is what's happening. And that's why National Day of Hate, I believe, catches fire, because it fits a narrative Um, that actually they need to sell to you so that you'll go along with a system of actual racism and sexism. And it turns out, National Day of Hate, I was right. Uh, My spidey sense tingled. It was a nothing burger. Uh, and, and, And so that does just prove my point. Nothing happened on the National Day of Hate. Nada, nothing, nothing burger because it wasn't a thing. Because it, this is not a white supremacy country, right? Uh, A white supremacist country. It's just an imperfect country. America is an imperfect country, like all countries. Uh, and racist and racism does exist in, in America, including white supremacists. 
uh, because people exist in America. 360 million of them, actually. And people are wicked, as the Bible says. And that's the Christian perspective, right? That is who we are. We're wicked, evil people. But not just Americans, all people. That's, that's our heart. That's who we are. And one expression of that wickedness and that depravity is racism. But racism is not unique to America, and it's, it's just endemic to the human condition, right? It exists everywhere in the world. There are people and in every country. You can find racism. We can go to Rwanda in the 90s, and a million people slaughtered each other with machetes over race and tribalism. So racism is a problem. Racism is a problem in China today. Uh, it's a problem all over the world because that's uh, who we are as people. It's endemic to the human condition. So, of course, nothing happened on National Day of Hate. Nobody did get their national, their, their hate trees up and their hate birds and no actual acts of violence occurred because it was an establishment media boogeyman. It was a psyop, in my opinion. It was a, like, UFOs a couple weeks ago. It was a nothing burger. Was, they're not even looking for those UFOs because there's nothing to it. It's just a distraction. And it's like the endless hyping of COVID. You're supposed to be scared all the time. And it's a nothing burger at a certain point. I just had it the other day. It was nothing. Um, it's like global climate change. Is there changes in the weather? Maybe, maybe not. Is it worth the alarmism and all the crazy? No, it's a pretext for control. Like everything else, if this is a white supremacist country, then we need to take over. This is what this is what the Democratic Party is saying. This is what the elites and the establishment media are saying. We will we will take over and allocate the resources uh, based on race and sex uh, because this is such a despicable and horrible country. Uh, and ultimately, this National Day of Hate, this is what's really sad about it is, it's a win-win for the people peddling this narrative. Because if something had happened Saturday, right, God forbid someone was hurt, they would have screamed, see, look at the racism, look at this white supremacist country called America where uh, racism is so rampant. And if something didn't happen, which nothing did happen, this is what the narrative was from the media, it was we overcame hate. We came together and instead of hate winning, love won. When in fact, nothing happened at all that day. It was all stupid. And finally, I just want to wrap up here. I've been going for a while and I, I even wondered if I would include this, but I think I, I should include this. What are the, what's the danger of all this white supremacy talk, right? All this constant talk about white people being oppressors, white people being racist. Only white people can be racist. America's uniquely white supremacist. And I see two dangers in this. And I think we're beginning to see them play out. One, I think we're making it acceptable to discriminate against white people uh, and, and even hate white people, right? Uh, because if, this, if those things are true, then naturally, like, discrimination of white people is going to come out of that, which is what diversity, equity, inclusion is doing. And then I think even hatred and animus is going to be the result of that. Uh, because if my neighbor is my oppressor, if the kid next to me in class is my oppressor simply for having white skin and getting privileges that I don't get, well... I think it's going to create resentment and racial division. So that, that is one problem that I, I see. But there's a second problem I see with this constant narrative that white people are racist and this is a white supremacist country that wants to lynch people and yada, yada, yada. Uh, it's, it's reactions like this one from cartoonist Scott Adams who created Dilbert. I want you to watch what Scott Adams says here and I want to make a point about what Scott has to say. Basically, Scott's going to talk about the fact that he's um, going to move away from black people. He's going to separate himself from black people because a new Rasmussen poll showed that um, 
there's a lot of anger towards white people in the black community. So take a look at this video, and then I want to talk about it for a second. So if, if you know, nearly half of all blacks uh, are not okay with white people, according to this poll, not according to me, according to this poll, uh, that's a hate group. That's a hate group. And I don't want to have anything to do with them. And I would say, you know, based on the current way things are going, the best advice I would give to white people is to get the hell away from black people. Just get the fuck away. Wherever you have to go, just get away. Because there's no fixing this. This can't be fixed. Right? This can't be fixed. You just have to escape. So that's what I did. I went to a neighborhood where you know, I have a very low black population. Because unfortunately, the, you know, there's a high correlation between the density. And this is according to Don Lemon, by the way. Um, so here I'm just quoting Don Lemon when, when he notes that the, when he lived in a uh, mostly black neighborhood, there were a bunch of problems that he didn't see in white neighborhoods. This reaction from Scott Adams is exactly, I think, what the elites, what the establishment media, what the Democratic Party wants with all this National Day of Hate talk, uh, all this talk about uh, white supremacy, is I think they want to sow division. Um, I, I understand why Scott Adams said what he said and why he might feel that way. That's the fleshly response, right? If, if we're acting out of our flesh, and that is Scott Adams, clearly I don't think he's a Christian. He's just reacting the way your flesh would tell you to react. You, you tell me that 50% of a group of people or 30% or whatever the number was in the Rasmussen poll hate me for my skin color. My fleshly reaction is to hate back or to be angry back or to distance myself, which is exactly what he said. Uh, but I just want to make the argument that this is the danger of all this talk because Scott Adams' reaction is the wrong reaction. I 100% I believe that. Just as it's wrong to blame all racism uh, on white people or say it's a unique problem for white people, not other people, it's wrong then to turn around and do the same thing to black people. I don't care what this Rasmussen poll says or doesn't say. Uh, we don't now get to say that, oh, all black people are racist too because we took a poll and we, we found out. The better thing to do, the right thing to do, right? This is where we all have to check ourselves because we are, our flesh is weak and we do have bias and we are, our tendency is towards evil. Our tendency, that is who we are. That's how the Bible describes us. The better thing to do is, the right thing to do is to take people as individuals because the problem is in our heart, right? Uh, racism isn't owned by white people. And it's unfortunately a problem all humans have. And we all have to fight against it and be aware of it because we are all sinful, depraved, fallen people that fall short of the glory of God. We miss the mark uh, and we all need Jesus Christ. That is the truth, right? Uh, and through Jesus's power, through as we come to follow his example uh, and, and the Holy Spirit goes to, you know, lives inside of us, we can overcome that depraved heart that sometimes expresses itself as racism, right? Uh, and we can love our neighbor, which we're commanded to do and we must do, right? So just to kind of close here today, uh, racism is a real problem and anti-Semitism is a real problem. We should all stand against it, but it's not a problem unique to America and we're not a white supremacist country. Uh, and, and let's not let the elites in the media and even the Democratic Party divide us with racialized rhetoric all the time. Instead, let's take people as individuals. Let's love our neighbors. That's what we're 
commanded to do. Let's not get spun up by Rasmussen polls that uh, that uh, tell us that you know a huge chunk of black people don't like white people, or be spun up by media fabrications like a National Day of Hate that is telling all Jewish people that uh, far right anti uh, white supremacists are just lurking in every bush trying to hurt them. When in fact, I think that was a media fabrication. We should stand against real racism. We should stand against anti-Semitism, of course. But we should ignore the hype from establishment media that is invested in making us believe so they can change this country that this is an irredeemably racist country when it is not. They're trying to divide us. That's what I'm basically saying. Let's not let them win. <laughs> Let's not become bitter towards each other. Let's love our neighbor as Jesus commands us to do. That is the big picture, uh, and I, I really appreciate you joining. If you enjoyed this, please thumb up uh, the video, and uh, thanks for joining me today, and we'll see you guys soon.